0: From Chicago, Illinois, this is Think Differently, a show that explores people who are challenging the status quo and how they do their work and choose to live their life. From doctors and designers to entrepreneurs and artists, hear the stories, learn the insights, and see what it takes to think differently. Hey everyone, it's Mark and welcome to episode 40 of the Think Differently podcast. Man, it feels uh, pretty good to say that. 40 episodes is pretty cool. If this is your first episode, welcome. If you've listened to all 40 so far, thanks for sticking with me. Each week, I get to connect with people that are challenging the status quo and how they do the work and choose to live their life. And this week's guests, that's right, there's two of them, are sisters. They are amazing. I found them because they are the authors and illustrators of one of my favorite children's books that I read my baby Uh, Sabrina and Eunice Moyle make up Hello Lucky they are a company based on the west coast that makes children's books handmade stationery and, and a slew of other amazing products Hello Lucky is a company whose mission is to provide joy creativity and connection among its users. And this episode digs into how they got there. They grew up overseas. They grew up witnessing other cultures all over Europe and Asia. And when they finally came back to the States, they knew that there was a different way to live and a different way to bring their ideas to life. This, uh, this episode makes me smile. It makes me happy. And I hope that you enjoy episode 40 of the Think Thinktifly podcast with Sabrina and Eunice Moyle. All right, I, I am so excited. And I say that every episode, but uh, you you saw my reaction when the camera first came out. I was like, it's you, it's you. Um, And I just want to introduce you to everybody, to the world. If they don't know you, they should. And uh, I am here today with Sabrina and Eunice Moyle. They are sisters. They are the founders of Hello Lucky, which um, the best way to start this whole amazing conversation that's about to go down is I want to read the mission statement for Hello Lucky, because I work with a lot of different companies, startups, Fortune 5, and, and I've never seen anything that, that like, made my heart beat and just like made me <laughs> warm. So let me read this to everybody, okay? Uh, Hello Lucky's mission is to support our customers' highest good, as well as the highest good of our communities and planet through delivering products that support joy, creativity, and connection. And we'd love to have a pun while doing it, right? this is everything this is everything in life joy creativity and connection man that's you don't, don't have get that the puns oh yeah yeah well you know i'm a dad so i'm a dad so i I, <laughs> I embrace pun life for sure i i should get like the two yeah, tupac life. thug life i should get the totally pun, should pun, totally. pun life pun life tattoos um <laughs> So thank you, thank you for joining. I've never done an interview on the podcast yet with two people, but I, I couldn't do. You know, hello, lucky is you. It's it's both of you, and it's <laughs> yeah. everything you bring. So these so three things, these three things about joy, creativity, and and connection. Um, I want to start if it's okay because I read in your bios, and you know, again, I've been a fan. You grew up overseas, right? You grew up, I believe, in in Africa and in Asia, and, and you spent some time traveling and really seeing a lot of the these different cultures and. Different ways to live, and then, you know, came to America. What was this like? So talk me through from the beginning, growing up overseas, because somewhere in there, the joy, the creativity, and the connection started breeding within you. Where does that come from?
1: Uh, So many places. Um, I mean, for one thing, a lot of our our childhood was spent in Asia, um, and this was in the 1980s and 90s, um, mostly in the 1980s. Um, When things were a lot less westernized over there, it was a lot less Mm -hmm. developed. The pace of life was, um, well, things were just much, there were a lot of small businesses, like when we were growing up in Taiwan, there were like night markets. We lived in Beijing when it was still under the communist regime. So that was an interesting exercise. Everybody still wore
2: the Mao Zedong suits and like everybody rode bicycles. Nobody had a private car like that. Right. We're like walls of bicycles going down the street all the time.
1: Right. Right. And so and we traveled around a lot as well. So we would go to India. We go to Europe. You know, we did live in in Africa for a time. Um, And I think the thing that was always remarkable, was just how people could find joy no matter what, you know, like in no matter what their culture, what no matter what their circumstance, no matter, because you know, we would come back to the US from time to time, and there was just so much wealth and excess yeah. in the United States compared like to the places where we live. The number oh, my gosh.
2: For just one product in a grocery store is madness it, here. <laughs> exactly.
1: So it, it, it is. Yeah, I mean, I remember coming back, you know, we moved back when we were in high school and moved to Oregon. And I remember the first essay I ever wrote in my high school English class was, basically a critique of the excess of, of, of grocery stores in the United States. Like, why do you need so many brands of toilet paper? Why do you need, you know, like, why, why? Like, it didn't make sense, you know? Um, So I think, you know, it was just the resourcefulness and in, in everything that we saw, you know, there was a lot of inter, interdependence of families, you know, in the communities where we grew up. Um, And entrepreneurship
2: is, I mean, such a huge part of life.
1: Exactly. Um, and I, I think that that just led us to sort of really feel like joy is just available anywhere. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's available to everyone. It's available anywhere. And it does not come from material things or at least not, not at from all. an excess of material <laughs> yeah. things. Right. Joy yeah. actually comes, you know, and we were exposed to all these different cultures. So different religious traditions, different way, family customs, different, you know, and, and it was really, You know, joy really came through in in our experience anyway. And our mother was, you know, very social. She she's from Taiwan. And so she had a lot of friends and stuff when we were growing up in Taiwan that we would connect with, like playing mahjong, and we would go to like antiques, you know, go shopping. Oh, mahjong. I know mahjong. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You're you're talking
0: to the youngest son of like a Jewish mother in Chicago. They would all get together and play mahjong.
1: That is fabulous. Yeah. I mean, gossip and play mahjong. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and and I just think you know there there was so much that was meaningful in our childhood that did not that that had to do with connection, that had to do with family, that had to do with creativity. Like our mom was at like a crafter; she was always like quilting or sewing or you know baking or doing something and teaching. And us she would never
2: buy us food. like things like the Barbie Dream House. No way, not yeah. not <laughs> even an option. So we have. We, I remember we made our own Barbie Dream House out of a dining room chair and all these like cardboard. I remember painting like little little cardboard dishes and stuff, and you know, and roller skates for cars. Like yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> so yeah. really so interesting. To
0: get creative so I, i've I've said in the past that, If your parents are Wall Street power brokers, you're gonna grow up to be a vagabond hippie. And if your parents (laughs) are vagabond hippies, you're gonna grow up to be a Wall Street power broker, right? There's this, and maybe maybe it's something more Western, where you're always trying to get out of where you came from. But most (laughs) likely in life, when you look back and you know connect the dots, you're like, I need to go back there. Um, But what's interesting here is that you know again, like my introduction to you is is really through the books, right? Through your children's books. You've sold over a million copies of these children's books, and I will tell you i get goosebumps again right now talking about it (laughs) but um it's really interesting. This is a good point to jump into this. Um, I was redoing my website. My wife was helping me with some copywriting. And I said, hey, look, I want you to look Look at Seth Godin's website. If you know who Seth, are you guys fans? You know yes, Seth Godin's. I, I know who
1: Seth Godin is. Okay,
0: so the way that he writes, it comes off as his, is as if he's just talking. It's so simple. It's so to the point, And there's no barrier for entry with buzzwords or anything. I'm like, but I know that there's so much work that it takes to make something seem that simple. And when I read your books, the thing that got me from the moment was, one, there's the visual element of it that seems so warm and welcoming and magical and creative <laughs> and joyful. But as you start to read it, I'm starting to learn a little bit more about what you mean by connection, that it comes from kind of within and it comes from the people around you, not from the things around you. Because when I read your books, it's not about things. It's about Mm -hmm. kind of like the, the things that are inside of us, right? Like the way that, that a dad can seem wonderful or a mother can seem magical or the way that you can slow down. These are things that, you know, it's kind of like the joy, the connection, the creativity comes from within us. And it seems like that came from both intentional, um, you know, kind of introduction from your parents to showing you the world and showing you these things. But then some of us, like mom's, like we ain't buying you the Barbie Dream right? House. So like, well, <laughs> we're gonna have to make our own. There's a joy within that 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 art of creating. So that's really it's interesting. Totally. I'm getting getting definitely more depth on where this all came from. <laughs> yeah. well, cool. and our
1: yeah, and our dad is from a, a, a family of science nerds. They're all like biologists and stuff oh like God. that. He's a total nerd. Like, and he just reads a ton. And he, he he's a yeah. self-taught musician. So wow. I just feel like when we were growing up, it was like no, you know you were encouraged to just pursue your passions. There was not yeah. a lot of care given to status and yeah, to not kind of all, like actually. climbing the ranks. Our dad worked in the foreign service. So he was a career service person, you know, and wow. um, he opened and closed refugee camps in Vietnam. And that was a, one of the first jobs I ever had, you know, so it just, we lived in a very spare, we had a very modest upbringing surrounded mm-hmm. by all this cultural richness, you know, because we were moving mm-hmm. all the time. And just every two to three years we we're moving to a different country, different cuisines and different whatever. And our, and our parents were just super open-minded and adventurous. So I think that's largely where we came. And then obviously, as you said, a lot of it came through intentional cultivation on our part mm-hmm. as we became adults. Yeah.
0: So if I can ask you this idea of connection, because that word means different things to different people, right? And so we know that connection can happen, you know, between two people, groups of people, communities and people, right? And that, that connection can happen. It could be that one moment, that one coffee date and that person's gone forever, but there's a connection connection that you have, right? Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, totally. I grew up going to a lot of Grateful Dead shows, right? I have a connection <laughs> to this this hippie community that's just a part nice. of me now, but it's, go- it's kind of like gone now, right? But it's still there. It's mm-hmm. the connection. And so you'd said that like as you move from place to place, someone might think, you know, I worked in public education for years. I was a public school teacher in Chicago for like 13 years. I worked in public ed for like 15 years, right? And so I often was really aware of the impact of moving when not done I won't say tactfully, but, you know, when kids are uprooted for not great reasons and they're dropped into new communities, it's like hard to make connection. But what I'm kind of hearing from you is you you embrace the communities you were in, found joy and creativity from them. And then when it was time to go somewhere else, it wasn't like, you know, this sad or angry goodbye. It was like, what's the next adventure and what are we taking?
2: Right. Um, We're always really excited because the next thing was another another opportunity to reinvent yourself, another opportunity to explore different parts of your personality. You know, like I would go from like one school where I'd be, you know, like the nerdy art kid to like trying to be a goth in oh, trying to be goth in uh <laughs> malaysia and in a hundred degree heat and like unbelievable humidity wearing much black. boots it's black tights black. big black sweaters yes. and i mean look at this face dude this is not a mopey person so it was pretty <laughs> hilarious i had like a two-year goth phase where i was just like uh yeah i don't even know what i was thinking there but anyway yes yeah, it's so
0: it's, interesting, though these pathways that we take, you know, and I think everybody goes through that in some way. Whether you're traveling through Malaysia or you're you're in Chicago, we we my my son right now he doesn't listen to this he he thinks I'm a moron but he doesn't listen but, you know so he's fourteen and he's he's exploring music and you can tell that he's like oh I yeah. think I think I need to dress this way because I listen to this music I'm like bro you just if it's comfortable, just wear it. It's all good. But I, you know, like I looking back now can look at my life and see these very distinct areas of influence in my life and the way I dress the cultures that I assimilated to. And it's really cool. Cause you know, I just was going through my old stuff from my parents. I have an old sticker book. That everywhere <laughs> I go, I, you know, I collect stickers. And um I think that like life is kind of like that. You collect these stickers from places you go and they become part of you. And you're like this living, it seems like you you both are this living sticker collection of places and experiences.
1: <laughs> that, that's a good way to put it. Uh, the other thing I'll mention is that at the schools where we went, there was a culture of accepting yeah. people who were new. Everybody was, tra- a lot of people were transient, you know? Yeah, and, okay. so, and that really screeched to a halt when we moved to the United States and went oh, to a yeah. school where everybody, it was mostly, it was non-diverse mostly, white mm-hmm. and most of, the, and we're half Chinese and half white, half from Minnesota. Um, and and you know, a lot of the, um, most of the kids had not either traveled outside of the state or out of the country and had known the same people their entire lives. So they just naturally mm-hmm. didn't have that muscle of embracing and being curious, you know, so we were quote unquote exotic or, you know, weird or whatever, (laughs) you know, and so it was just, but it was just interesting. So to me that, that connection, connection is the ability to connect as a muscle that you can cultivate by exposing yourself to different people, to traveling, if you can afford it, right. You know, traveling, exposing yourself to different experiences or just exposing yourself to different content online. You know, those are all the things that help you foster connection um, with people. And when we talk about connection, we're talking about with other people, but it's also this sense of, Needing to be seen and accepted for who you are, right? And 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 giving other people, each other, space to be who we are. And so that's in part what we we're trying to do through our books is like really putting ourselves in the shoes of children and mm-hmm. imagining what it's like to be them and giving them the space to be themselves, also imagining how the parents are feeling and what the parents need, you know, and and uh. and creating and trying to foster connection between the parent and the child through. Um, our children's books too. And then there's also that kind of more abstract level of connection outside of individual relationships that has to do with just understanding on a very deep intuitive level that we're all interconnected, right? That all people that you're never alone, you know, that we're all interdependent, we're all interconnected. And so, you know, that you, you, you know, you, you are never, you're never alone in this, in this process. And um, I think that's really important for people to, to remember and recognize. It gives you a sense of, of kind of inner sort of peace and it reduces anxiety so that you can tap into things like creativity and joy.
0: So you said something that I, I need to like dive into just cause like <laughs> I'm Mark and this is what I do, but you had talked about the connection is a muscle that you can exercise and you can grow, right? So people that might mm-hmm. feel they're, they are isolated, which might be the opposite of connected, right? They're isolated, they're independent. They don't have the ability to connect on on somewhat of an interpersonal level with other people. I also think that creativity is really similar in that way, is that we Mm -hmm. tend to think that, oh, I, I, you know, Oh, you got cool glasses. You're creative, right? You're like, you know, like you, you're, you're like an artist. You're, you're creative. I'm not that I'm, I'm, I yeah. deal with numbers and maybe, you know, whatever, but I think that that's not true. I think that we can cultivate creativity. There's certain ways to do oh, it. Absolutely. I've, been, I've been thinking a lot. Well, let me actually, before I go down that rabbit hole, cause it's, it is a rabbit hole and maybe I don't need to go down. <laughs> one thing that I really want to talk about is this idea of creativity, right? One of your kind of three pillars, if you will, of what makes Hello Lucky, Hello Lucky. And I had said earlier that there's something really unique about the way that the visual treatment of the book, the words, and and again, my wife, she told me, goes, make sure you tell them that we love Viva Papa, vamos! Like, that's our favorite part. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the thing. And so... Um, I know, uh, you know, doing human-centered design, The design is not the art of putting as much in as you can. It's about deducing them as much as you can to leave the core that resonates with most people. And so I really want to get a little insight into the creative process and how you make these books. Like I talked about Seth Godin just speaks so simply. It just, it just makes sense. When I, when I see your stuff, when I read your stuff, it just hits you square in the in the bullseye so what's the design and the creative process like to make that come to life hey it's mark real quick so at this point in the conversation Eunice had to step away for just a moment but check out what Sabrina and I talked about so, <laughs> Where where is everybody right now by the way where are you located at
1: I am currently in Stinson Beach California um okay. Eunice is in San Francisco
0: got it and is that are you like northern where is that in, in yeah California? that's an
1: hour north of San Francisco oh wow
0: that's really yeah. Very cool. Hey, it said, um, said in your bio, you were kind of an arts and an education, like advocate. What was that? What was that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I started out working um, for the state of Massachusetts, doing grant making for artists, residencies in public schools and also partnerships between schools and like arts institutions, like museums and and symphonies and stuff like that. No Um, way. And then I went, yeah, totally. And then I went to business school (laughs) and then I worked for um, an organization called the Bridge Fan Group, which is a consulting strategy consulting firm. Mm-hmm. And um, one of our early clients that that I worked on was for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So they were working on trying to reduce the achievement gap nationwide. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so through a lot of what they were doing there was tr- by trying to um, support small schools and charter schools at the time. And so I did some charter school business planning and stuff. so no way. Was yeah. this pre was this pre two thousand three? This is pre 2003. Yeah. And then yeah, I really didn't like being a consultant and I really missed the creativity. You know, I, yeah. I missed and creativity. I sucked her into, into
2: hella <laughs> lucky. Also, um, can I just point good. out? Yeah. That this is yeah. the most aloof cat on the planet that never wants to hang out with me. And now I cannot get her to stop.
0: I got that energy, man. You got that Mark energy coming I like, at you,
2: wow. kid. I love it. Wait, I
0: forgot. So, so Sabrina, okay, you were taught. No, 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 you're all good. So you were saying that you were doing, you know, uh foundation grant grant work, yes, right? For school. Exactly. I we just like were cleaning up my office. Give me one time. I, Oh, here. I had a nonprofit that I started, dude. So when I was a Chicago public school teacher, I similarly had identified that there were like in these two different areas of my life, there were teachers and principals and, and communities that really wanted great, like science and STEM education. And then there are like really great companies, like innovative companies and museums and, and, uh, you know, nonprofits that wanted again schools, but they're like, it was hard. And so I created a foundation that like linked them together. It was called the Science that's Fist awesome. Foundation. I just oh, found my old cool. business oh, card. God, that's that's so 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 weird. Weird. You know, by the way, <laughs> so like, you will appreciate this, right? Like, like, folks like us, uh, we have ideas we just pre- so this i made this logo i just searched google for a fist and then i searched <laughs> google for an atom and then i use like nice. pages i use like pages on my old Mac to <laughs> just put it together and then i like i think these are like vista print these are solid, old yeah. um, it's solid. It's
2: awesome. and then
0: wait eunice i don't know if i'm thinking about this right but i know that like letterpress that's like your yeah, that was your that's, how I, that's how we got so, started yeah Okay, so can you see down there? Can you see those oh, yeah, things? The, are,
2: they, are they like letterpress, letter like the racks, you know? Yes, the drawers? I,
0: col- yeah, I yeah, collect the them, drawers. dude. No I way. collect them before. this, them
2: too. <laughs> yeah, no way.
0: So these wa- oh, yeah, this wall market, used to be fine. all of them. Totally. Nice, course, nice, it's like, yeah. I get them for like five bucks at a flea market and then I like totally. find somebody like, oh, they're like 50 bucks. I'm like, hey,
2: 50 bucks, man. <laughs> um, totally.
0: So that's really funny. A lot of similarities, <laughs> super cool. Okay, yeah. so- we were talking about creativity yes. and I was asking I was saying that like I know that it's really hard to design to create something that that really hits you know that 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 target that you're going for and and really elicit a really just you know um authentic response from people so I was I, my question was around what does the creative process look like for you whether again whether it's the you know the stationery the paper goods the books what what does this process look like if there's one
1: yeah, yeah totally well it's kind of amazing because the first part of the process that we should acknowledge is the constraint of, (laughs) in the case of greeting cards, you have a single opportunity and and letterpress cards are not printed inside in general because it's too expensive. You have a tiny four by six frame in which to have an impact. So you've got to make every word count and the image count and has to work together in a really tight and concise way. And so that's, I think, one of the first things to, to recognize is that for, you know, I don't know, since 2003, so more years than I care to count, (laughs) <laughs> we have this practice and discipline of every single like three times a year coming up with ideas, fantastic ideas that would fit in this square space. So I think that is a key thing to st- first acknowledge about the creative process is it really benefits from having constraints. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. I, and always then, say,
0: I always say constraints are a, an accelerator of innovation. Exactly. So anytime mm-hmm. that you limit time, money, resources, physical space, geolocation, Absolutely. like that focuses and, and, and really drives, you know, creativity. Completely. And exactly. Arguably.
1: Exactly. Awesome. And it also has to pop off a shelf. So right, that's how we've kind of come across, like come into bright colors and fun graphics. Well, and
2: we're children of the, of the 80s, yeah. so neon is like in our blood. Right, <laughs> And glitter. exactly. Neon and glitter and rainbows. Sla- yeah. You have slap bracelets, you know? And unicorns. <laughs> yes. We're yeah, like one of those tra- a trapper keeper embodied in <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what my
0: sticker book, I just told you, I found my sticker book. <laughs> ah, it was exactly. a mini trapper keeper. And you know what it <laughs> oh feels God. like. It's got that smushy. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah, so swishy- I don't know where I
2: put it. I've got like
1: all my books. Over here and that you- big like. Okay velcro rip sound yeah yes. totally uh, okay trapper keepers yeah. man and then when you, when you think about the the children's books you know then again you're you've got a slightly less constrained environment but you're still highly constrained you know and mm-hmm. we mostly write books for children under the age of about eight although we're working on a graphic novel now which will be for a slightly older well actually no still young it's readers. still so a flying
2: unicorn going. but it's <laughs> still
1: a flying unicorn but like some of our books are for toddlers you know for two to right. three right. year olds and so we need to make sure that all the words are very simple and concrete and relatable. And then we have to inject humor in because we right. personally, the books we love to write and read, you know, are ones that are funny, you know,
2: yeah. and so. And, and we really, we build in a lot of humor for the parents. Cause I mean, that's how our potty training book came to be. Cause I was just like, I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> Take another inane potty
1: training book. Like poop is funny. Why is nobody making poop jokes? Like, yes, exactly. So that's that. So those are some of the upfront constraints that we deal with. Mm-hmm. And then you think about the create. And then another constraint that we, you know, that really helps us as well is typically we have an assignment from our editor or, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. we'll pitch ideas to them. You know, we'll we'll pitch ideas, but there's often a need, right? So you do design thinking, empathizing with the user. Like, what do parents really need? What's missing from the marketplace? What do kids mm-hmm. need? You know, like my dad is amazing that that book really came from twofold. One, our parent, our, 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 you know, the marketers that are, Publishing house, we're like, look, you know, there don't seem to be a lot of dad books out there and mom books. And by the way, there's a great occasion where we can sell these, which is Father's Day and Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. So win win, you know, like we can make money off of it, we could fill a need, you know, dads can feel appreciated, et cetera. And so when they asked us to create a book, we're like, okay. Let's get in the shoes of toddlers. How do toddlers actually feel about their dads? You know, and what do dads and parents are beleaguered, particularly when we have toddlers in the house? Like, what do we need to hear? It's like, okay, let's give words to how kids feel about their dads and also make help dads get what they need, which is appreciation and celebration for how awesome they are, you know? Uh, Because what happens, unfortunately, is as we become adults, we get a little bit jaded about our parents. We realize they're human and fallible. And sometimes we didn't have the greatest childhood. So we feel embittered. But you know what? Inside of each of our parents, no matter how bad our childhood was, I mean, there might be some <laughs> exception, is an awesome, amazing person who really was doing their best. It was trying cool. their best. Exactly. And was cool in their own way. So there's like, you know, so I feel like sometimes there can be a disconnect when we are too, you know, we allow all of our own stories to kind of get in the way of just channeling like the creative process. Right. So so that's kind of an example. So those are all of the constraints. And then once we're like, mm. OK you know, what is it that we want to do? So we have some constraints, we have an idea of of what we want to do or say, then how do we figure out how to say it in the way that's like the most impactful, the most layered and concise and engaging, like you're just saying. And that is, you know, for one thing, I read a ton, you know, Eunice looks at a ton, like we both immerse ourselves in the creative process. So I am constantly reading about, you know, parenting, child development, spirituality, just everything and, and, and anything. And I find that almost any book can kind of give me insight, you know, or, or any sure. experience. And a lot of times it's also just spending time with our kids. Like, you know, this this book, Slop and Smell the Roses, which is coming out, was in part inspired because I would go to the community meeting at my kid's school. They would have it once a week. And every time they would do a one minute mindful moment with all the kids in assembly. And we would just sit there and, and just have a quiet moment, like a quiet mm-hmm. moment. I was like, you know, that's a really cool, simple, kind of tool so you know this this sort of soft breathing Shut eyes, still body was inspired by what we used to do every day at my kid's school. So wow. even experiences like that kind of our input, right? Their data, like our entire lives, we're going through. Like almost any experience can potentially become fodder, right? Yes. And so it's like constantly being open and aware to everything that's that's around you, and and inspiration can strike anywhere. And Eunice is the same thing. She takes dance classes all the time. She's constantly yeah, I'm you like, like sewing, like to, yeah. Talk about how you kind of stay I was the, say I'm like, flow, that's, I feel you know? like
2: yeah, it's totally like a flow and like joy and like finding joy in life is sort of like my version of religion and meditation really mm-hmm. more meditation but like you know I, I like started roller skating I'm 48 years old I started <laughs> roller skating this year and I'll just roller skating but I like embrace like the full-on 80s of it I'm like purple skates with glitter toes and like light up wheels I'm like just all of it like bring Do you it have all. leg
0: warmers are there leg warmers <laughs> um, right now I actually <laughs> am
2: wearing leg warmers right now <laughs> god nailed it I am it. bringing back the leg warmers <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and I like, I, I do like hip hop dance and all of it seems like it's unrelated to like my work, but it's all inspiring my work. The music inspires my work, like the, the like aesthetic of roller skating and, you know, mm-hmm. rainbows and glitter and whatever it all like feeds into the creative sort of like engine, you know? Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm constantly like listening to music, looking at, I mean, I look at Instagram, Pinterest, well, constantly. And I'm just constantly just sort of, I love to travel and see how other people design things and how other cultures design things. I'm just like, yeah, a sponge all the time. Yeah. this
0: is so fascinating i like when I hear you talk Eunice like one word that's coming <laughs> to my mind or, or a noun is like mood board like you're kind of like you live in that mood board world right I do and live so, in like a right?
2: constant mood board
0: yeah and then Sabrina what I'm kind of hearing is that your your inputs tend to be um, you know more direct meaning like the mindful moment at the kids school and then also yeah. through through word right so you input through text through books through maybe podcasts things like that you're like you're inputting information that is really yeah. objective meaning like it's written in word it's printed whereas Eunice maybe you're more on that feeling side and you can totally. kind of right in between the two of yeah. you that's where the magic happens that yeah. puts these words and these these visuals together sort of amazing
2: symbiosis it's like yeah. a really nice balance where like it she is. has all of the like intellectual information and I'm like and then we're gonna stick a leaping bunny <laughs> with a big butt <laughs>
1: on it <laughs> yeah and and part of it also comes through it's through experience you know like I try to immerse sure. myself in in you know children's environments like if I, you know part of how, what inspired us you know with all these children's books was my kids went to the most amazing Reggio Emilia preschool you know and mm-hmm, I just was mm-hmm. I was a sponge for everything that I I would see the teachers doing and the way that they would interact with kids gave me so much information like you were saying you know, and I also do nonprofit work with this organization that brings kids together from diverse backgrounds and teaches them about empathy through music. And they have all these fun little like game ex- exercises and stuff. So just spending time with those kids, and they do it out in nature and just watching the kids and seeing how the educators interact. Like that ty- type of experiential learning, too, really informs um, kind of all the information. And then you know, next step in the creative process is kind of just how do you then channel it and make it your own, right? And so mm. for me, what that looks like is typically meditation. Um, you know, I, I try to do that as regularly as possible. And a lot of times, like, I'll be like lying on the floor doing like breath work, deep breathing, and I'll just try to connect to this source of creativity or the source of higher information. Like, I really believe that we're all kind of interconnected. There's like this kind of consciousness where there's no new ideas. Like there's, there's yeah, all this there's wisdom. No that's just, there's mm-hmm. there's wisdom that's just out there. And you kind of just need to, in a mindful way, like connect to it, you know, kind of d- detach from your thoughts, connect to this flow of wisdom and things do come to you. Like ideas mm-hmm. just flow into you and you can just tap into that stream. And so that typically writing for me often happens you know, through meditation, and then I'll just jot, jot it down. Or there was one time a whole book I practically read, wrote while I was driving my car. You know, I just started talking <laughs> out loud and like just recording, you know, turn on my voice memo. I was like, okay, well, I'm in a <laughs> free associate and just like think and, yeah. and, and write. When the And the key with creativity with writing anyway, and it might be similar with visual and other arts, is the moment inspiration strikes, you've got to harness it. Like you've got yes. you to write it down, you got to capture it. Otherwise it's gone because all of your thoughts will and distractions will come and you won't have access to that anymore so can can I ask you something
0: real quick about this this kind of meditative deep breathing approach that helps you right in this creative process is it is it a focused session where you're trying to focus and meditate around this concept that you're trying to kind of you know bring to life or is it non-focused
1: it's usually focused
0: Okay. So you're like sitting yeah. down and you're like, Hey, this book is going to be about mindfulness. There's this thing, there's this opportunity. The constraint yes. was given to us. We're going to focus on, you know, headspacey mindfulness type stuff. Right. Um, yeah. And then that meditation, it's like, okay, just get in that, that kind of state where these ideas are coming at you and you're capturing Yes. Them.
1: Yeah. So that's one mode. And then there's a more open-ended mode where a lot of times we just like come up with random ideas and pitch them to our <laughs> editor without any constraints, you know? And so, and that's <laughs> often just through journaling or I'll just be reading something and, meditating in a more open-ended way, like maybe I yeah. just want something and I'm meditating just in a more open-ended way and an idea will pop into my head and I'll just write it down. So it comes in various ways, but yeah, the focus meditation is super productive for me, you know? And so, and then I'll journal, you know, and then I'll write in a journal, I'll do various ed- edits and revisions and then eventually... Um, And for, for, for our books, a lot of them are rhyming. And so sometimes it's, you know, kind of, I've got a rhyming constraint. So rhymezone.com and the thesaurus are both my friends, you know, so it's like a lot of cool tools. And then, you know, with children's books, they have to be spoken aloud. So it's like speaking, speaking words aloud to see how they sound and feel in your mouth. Um, and then, and then, you know, once the words seem like they're more or less right, then you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking about the images that go along with them, and often mm-hmm. I'll draft it, you know, an idea of what the images could be. But that's where Eunice really comes in and works yeah. her magic and takes it to a whole other level, <laughs> um, because she'll first be like, okay, you know, I think this image might not work, or blah blah blah. But then but ultimately, the what might be challenging, huh, yeah, like, or like it's too literal. Decades like, of doing this. <laughs> Right. A big thing that we deal with is literal versus abstract. You know, like yeah. you can't make like the part of what great design is and what allows the reader to kind of inject themselves into the world that you're creating is by having it be simple and not literally describing everything in the scene or the environment that they're in, having it just mm-hmm. be a kind of a blank backdrop and just focusing on the character and their feelings and just like funny, like oh, you nice. know moments. And stuff like that. And so that's where Eunice kind of comes in and will- I was just
2: talking to a friend of ours about about actors and acting and how they kind of like get into, the embody like the person that they're trying to be. And I feel like that happens to me a lot where I'll just like, in all kinds of ways, like in a dance class, I'll like totally like channel. It'll start really working when I start channeling and almost, like, turning myself into the dance teacher, like, or being the dance oh, yeah. teacher. Oh, and yeah. Same, and same with, like, you know, I'll, I'll, like, be like, okay, if I were a small bunny and I were leaping, like, you know, but it's not, it's not even that intentional. I just sort of start vibing yeah. with the character, you know. Yeah. Dude,
0: so I'm, I am such a head case of a mess that <laughs> I went through this period when, like, all my friends were getting married. So you find yourself at weddings a lot, right? Oh, and yeah. I, I love, I love. Familiar. I love, right okay but i thought, so this is really what you said so i you know everybody out on the dance floor, we're all dancing and then like you know like the chicken dance would come on or something like that right and in my head i'm like i ain't doing a fucking chicken dance. like i don't know yeah, about no, this. Totally. And then, so did. here's what i would do i would be like you know or it'd be like ymca it's like okay i don't know if i'm gonna do it i don't know if i could get in but, yeah. but in my head this is why I say, I say like what would jay-z do if he was here oh, right totally. now totally would jayzy be doing the ymca no he probably he'd probably just bobbing his head and then like in other times i'm like what would Ad rock from like the beastie boys do right and then i go <laughs> to like a like a client meeting i'm like oh shit like what would this person do and it's through like this you know putting yourself in other people's shoes and looking at these different perspectives yeah. that you really do start to kind of hone in on oh mark now knows what mark does when the chicken dance comes on at a wedding. i got my own flow um I want to go back to something you said real quick. Uh, it's a really direct question, actually. So both Sabrina and Eunice, at this point in the creative process, so we started with constraint as kind of step one, whether that's physical by size and dimensions, whether it's, you know, by a certain assignment that was given or an opportunity, right? There's some constraint from that constraint, then you go into this meditative, um, you know, kind of space where you're now starting to formulate these ideas. My question for you is, what tools are you using at this point in the process? Like, are you using a voice recorder and Evernote or Google Keep? Like what, what, what things are you using to do this? Like what three things do you use Sabrina? And then do you use
1: Eunice? So for me, it's voice memo notes on my phone and a black journal, like a plain black line journal.
0: And what kind of pen do you?
1: Use? Scribbling. <laughs> <Seriously>, <laughs> illegible scribbling. Seriously, illegible scribbling. It doesn't matter what pen, it's whatever happens to be on my bedside table.
0: Got it. Cool. And then Eunice, yeah. what about for and you? What I'm are you like, like those tools?
2: I mean, really the iPad, like I have an iPad pro and I do almost everything on it. It's, okay. it's awesome that, that in my, you know, my phone, I'm always like taking notes on my phone, pinning things off of Instagram. I have like whole collections of stuff where I'm like, oh, that's a cool way to draw a rabbit or, oh, I love that color palette. And so I have like lots of that kind of like, you know, mood boardy f- fodder kind of stuff that I collect.
0: Hey, it's Mark again. So at this point in the conversation... Eunice had to jump away for a minute, and we started talking about this poster that I have behind me in my office. And this is the story behind my favorite Jim Henson poster. For sure, that that Jim Henson poster is an original Apple computers Think Different. But they had their Think Different. Oh my God, that's amazing! I don't know if you can tell, but he's got Kermit with him right there. Yes, totally. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So real quick, I'll tell you, because it's around, okay, so when I, my first year teaching in Chicago, there was a woman that taught at the school with me and she was a few, she was a little older than me, you know, and actually she was a lot older than me, but she was a punk rocker, fishnets, you know, kind of like mini skirts, punk rock hair, big glasses, (laughs) but she was like, I think at the time, I mean, I think I must've been like my early 20s and so maybe maybe she was like in her 40s, I don't know, but she was not a really good teacher. Like she just, it wasn't yeah. her thing. She was a great person, not a good teacher. Terrible and teacher. Totally. And she got fired and I'll never oh, forget. No. I heard, they're like, oh, did you hear like, you know, Lynn got fired? I'm like, oh my God, that's terrible. So I go into her room and she's like crying. I'm like, Lynn, I am so, listen, man, I am so sorry. Like, I love working with you, but I know that wherever you go, things are going to be all Like, it'll all be good. She's, like, I don't know. she's so sad. She goes, I, I don't even need this stuff. She was anything in my room that you want. She goes, you're a really good teacher. You just take any, I'm like, Lynn, I'm not gonna take your stuff. There's no way I could take. And then my eyes drift, and like, I see the poster. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, "If you want, if it makes you feel better, <laughs> I, I would like that." And so she took it down off the wall, and she wrote that's me a note so on the back. Awesome. Of it. So to this day, there's a note on the back there. That's a really, really sweet note. But again, I think that kind of goes back to connection. It goes back to creativity. Oh, it goes back oh, to like joy. No good. It all brings that, that, all all of that back, which is really, I I don't know, ma'am, you guys are really special. Do you know you're special? I I hate to like put that to you in a novice way, but like, I mean, you're obviously, you're adults, you've done this a long time, but like, do you know how special your work is?
1: (laughs) Um, I guess we're starting to realize it a little bit more. You know, I think we're starting to realize it a little bit more, but it's, it's also been something that we've cultivated. I think, you know, I don't know if it's, There was a long time where we were not about joy, creativity, and connection. Mm -hmm. When we were about profit and trying to scale and focusing on just the, what we thought were the pro, because I'd gone to business school, right? What it meant to be quote unquote successful yeah. And that was not, and, and that was when we, miserable. It was miserable. <laughs> and that's when we finally were like enough, we got to totally reorient. We've got to figure out. That's when we started thinking about the mission of our company. Like, what are we mm. really here for? We're not here to make money. Like we're not here to, you know, yes, we have to pay the bills and whatever, right. but that's not what gets us up in the morning. So, you know, so, I mean, to your question about, do we, do we know that we're special? I think we're starting to recognize it just because, we know what it was like to be in more of the quote unquote rat race and to not be aware Mm -hmm. of what it really truly means to create something that is of value. And that really means something to people, you know, it has to mean something to you first, and you have to be doing it for the right reasons for a higher reason. And then people can see that immediately. And it, and it helps lift them up too, you know? So I think we're starting to, but it's still, I think, you know, as we discussed with our creative process, we see it as stepping into a flow. like being part mm-hmm. of um just a, a channel, just like this huge channel of ideas. like we're channeling. And so the key with that is just to not get attached to anything. You know, like we go Got through me. so many drafts and illustrations, and one of the things we pride ourselves in, especially now that we're doing more collaborative work, is not getting stuck and attached to any one thing. You know, like if it's mm-hmm. not working, let it go. We just like, all right, you know, let's move on to the next thing without taking it personally and I just think that is something we've learned too yeah. over time and that is so important for anyone who wants to be creative like the stereotype of the artist is that it's someone who's super egocentric actually no the artist is actually the opposite a good artist you know is someone who is empathetic. completely empathetic and detached from ego and they don't even necessarily I mean they see the work as their own to some extent obviously you have to have property rights and all that stuff but mm-hmm. You know, it, like I forget the words that I've written half the time. Eunice forgets. She's like, "Did I draw that already?" One time, I know, totally. Because it's like it's kind of just coming through us, and like you know, we're just and and people also tell us like, "Wow, you guys are so productive." And it's all I think it's also because we're not precious about anything. We're like, "All right, let's yeah. see if this is working." You know, we talk about like throwing spaghetti at the wall yeah, and seeing what sticks. Totally. Yeah, eh, yeah. We you know, throw away work, so much we, stuff. We throw away so much stuff, and that's just like it's about the creative process and not getting attached to the outcome. You know, and there, and it's probably pretty stereotyped to say that, but yeah.
0: Well, I. I don't think it is because I think that well, there, there's three things you brought up. I need to hit on one is I think that it sounds like in the in, 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 in this portion of life that you were in where you were you know it sounds like you know trying to build business scale, build business, grow profit margins. You know, scale, scale, scale. Like it doesn't feel good sometimes, right? Like you're chasing the wrong thing. I think in some ways that's like dating, right? When you're young and you're dating, you're like, oh, maybe I want to date a golf girl. Maybe I want to. Oh, I need somebody more preppy. <laughs> like, and you're like, oh, this just doesn't work. Like, I need this. You know, I don't need like yeah. uh, what's on the outside and the, the other thing that you said was that you know uh being detached from ego because i had said i'm like do you realize you know how special you you are because without you both this doesn't exist right like i never mm-hmm. see this book i never have those moments that like my my baby you know i have a 14 year old and 11 year old and a 16th month old he walks to me with the book he goes and he gets it and he Aww. you know like and, so it, and those, those moments those moments do not happen without the two of you. Yeah. So thank you. Um Aww. but the thing you said around being detached and, and being attached from ego and um Bruce Lee had a quote around being water, right? Water mm-hmm. water just flows. Totally. The, the Tao Te Ching has has a lesson around water, right? And and that comes to mind when I think a lot about what what a business, what a what a relationship, what what just Production of ideas should be. They should flow. They shouldn't be. Yeah. They shouldn't static. They should be dynamic. And then the third thing that we we um, that you started to touch on here was that as you're doing collaborative work, not getting like married to the thing and being okay to throw it away. And um, I heard something that really resonated with me, which was you know in dealing you know I deal a lot with again like some startups um, help coaching them through stuff. And the the idea was don't get married to your idea get married to the people and the problem you're trying to solve because if you go to the people you'll never go wrong right the people will tell you or you can elicit from them where that pain is what their desires are etc but if you're just like oh this is my idea and i gotta jam it down their throat it just it fails every time so it's really interesting to hear how how connected you both are to the process to the output and to the journey. You know, I think, um, you know, you've got young ones, right? Like, parenthood is a journey. They're never like, <laughs> I'm a great parent. I did. I'm good, right? No, that, never, that day no. never comes, right? Never as soon comes. as you,
2: you get like one right? minute and then something terribly ridiculous happens, you're like, well, never mind.
0: I always say parenting is like long term investing, right? One day, one day, like, never look at your stock. Gonna one day, out. your door is going to open. It's going to be your kid. He's like, you know, I made a good choice. I'm a functioning human it. being. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck did this happen? how does that like that's yes one day we'll get the
2: returns that's such our a labor. great analogy
1: it's such that a, is a great analogy <laughs> i know plus parenting on covid a whole other level because you're basically dealing with a market in crisis oh right you're like long-term investing in a market in crisis like social yes. unrest policy changes like everything the markets are just like all over the map so yeah, my
0: kids part. go to chicago public schools and they go uh-huh. to a very typical chicago public school yeah. and you know I, I obviously live a, a different life than, than most, I would say, you know, just the, the type of work that I do, how I work, I work on my own. Right. And my kid must've overheard me say one day that like, I don't need an office. Like the world is my office. I don't need to go to a place. I love going to places to work.
1: Yeah.
0: I, like when I need creative work done, I know that there's certain conditions that traditionally will elicit that. Right. When I need to just like get, get stuff written out, I know places to go. And my daughter she's 11 she's a little she's a tween entrepreneur she has like an online what she's an e-commerce site she makes handmade cosmetics and she sells it it is the cutest thing she's a she hustles she's such a good kid at any rate um she said to her teacher once her teacher's like if you don't sit down like how are you going to get a job and work in an office one day she goes uh i don't need an office because the world is my office i was like oh (laughs) Oh (laughs) well so I have these Tom and Jerry moments, I call them, right? Remember the old cartoon, Tom and yes, Jerry? Yeah, totally, totally. Tom, Tom the cat would have Jerry the mouse cornered. he they have the broom. And then the angel would pop up and be like, no, don't, don't, don't. And then the devil would be like, get him, get him. So that moment was a Tom and Jerry moment. Because I was like, yes, she gets it. But I'm like, no, don't tell your teacher that. Like, I'm going to get yelled at him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, so I think she's That's right awesome. though. I think she's right. right though. She's, she's Times pretty, are changing, things are different, you know. They yeah. really
0: are. And again, like the dynamic. And again, that's really what we were just talking about, right? Just mm-hmm. just being water, flowing through, yeah. being attached to a higher purpose. And for you, these higher purposes are joy, creativity, and connection. Mm-hmm. And whether that comes in the form of these amazing children books um, that you've written that really do transcend and they really hit the parent as, as well as they, they, they touch the kid. Um, you know, All the other products that you're serving and the, and the partnerships that you have at Hello Lucky, I can, I can say that mm-hmm. if I was a race car, and I had those stickers on me, I'd, I'd want to have a Hello Lucky sticker on my race car. That's how, that's how excited <laughs> I
1: am. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> thank you.
0: Of course. Uh, but, oh my gosh, the thank way. you. So I was cleaning out my stuff And I got asked to do a presentation Like this guy was like Hey listen Like I have 30 minutes Till this big group That I'm in front of Like it's like 150 people And we bring in guest speakers The guy quick Can you come in? I'm like yeah What is it? Like what is this thing? And so he's like Just do whatever you want You have the floor for 30 minutes And so I bought my kids These blank books from Target They're like blank Uh books You could draw on So I took one And I made my own book And this (gasps) is how I introduced What I do to this It was the Strategic Introduction League and i i told them a story about how i bought my website oh and, my gosh you know, um that like my work is like you don't need to rush to surgery most people need a general practitioner you don't need to like go into surgery right away for your business or idea we talked oh about like how you yeah so i made one of these i thought about I you guys, so really it so yes, i
1: love it that's so great i love it i love it yeah isn't yes. that a great constraint a great format to, to like work it. in just like a small book format yeah a
0: hundred percent all right. So you, you, you were really gracious because you actually read the email that I sent inviting you to the podcast. And it looks like you actually like did some read, like, like, oh, you know who Mark is. That's kind of cool. So you yeah. know that each episode ends with the guest filling in the blank to this sentence. So I'm going to put you on the spot here, fill in the blank. Um, Eunice and Sabrina think differently about?
1: Joy, creativity, and connection.
2: Happiness. <laughs>
0: It's so. You know what? I think that the output of those three are happiness, right? And yeah. it's it's so refreshing. Again, it's so refreshing. I think that life really is about these experiences. It's about the people that you're blessed to to get to bump into and share your time with. And I'm really, really grateful uh, that you were able to share some time today uh, on the podcast. Before we before we jump, what should people know about Hello Lucky? Where should they go? I know you've got a new book coming out. Let the people know what's shaking with Hello Lucky, and where should they follow.
1: Yes. So they can find us online at www.hellolucky.com and on Instagram at Hello Lucky Cards. We have a brand new children's book coming out um, called Sloth and Smell the Roses. It's a book about mindfulness for small children, Um, just focusing especially on self-compassion and how to take care of yourself when you have anger and sadness. Um, That's an element- Big feelings that kids deal with, but I think that all of us have been experiencing to some we extent. we all deal with, I would say. Especially during this time of COVID and everything else, um, everything that's going on in the world. So it's a it's a wonderful book to kind of read with your child, when, especially when things are hard, but also just in general. So that's our, our latest book that's coming out. And you can find all the rest of our books on our website, too. We have probably over 15 children's books at this point.
0: Excellent. And social, where should people go to follow you all on social?
1: Hello Lucky Cards on Instagram is the best place. We also have Facebook and Twitter. Um, Hello Lucky Stationery on Facebook, Hello Lucky Cards on Twitter, I believe, although I might be mixing those up because I can never keep <laughs> them all straight. But follow us on Instagram. That's Instagram where is be. the place to follow We're us. We're definitely sure. the most active on Instagram. Excellent. Well, Eunice,
0: uh, Sabrina, thank you so much again, again, not just for the podcast, but for putting things out in the world that somehow find their way to the lap of a dad in Chicago that make <laughs> me smile, that make me feel warm, make me feel appreciated. Thank you so
2: much.
1: That's amazing. That it's
2: so much joy to hear that. You have no idea. It totally does. Thank
1: you so much. And Excellent. yeah, just thank you this for being so you. Fun.
2: Yeah, yeah, totally. Amazing. Awesome <laughs> podcast. Talk soon.
1: Talk soon. Bye. If you are not
0: smiling after that episode, check yourself for a pulse. Seriously, Sabrina and Eunice, thank you so much. Thank you not just for sharing your time in the podcast. Thank you for making such amazing books and such great products that bring joy, uh, connection and creativity into people's lives. I can tell you that when I read their books to my baby, uh, it just puts a smile on my face. I please ask you all, head on over to hellolucky.com. Check out Hello Lucky. It's amazing. even adults, if you don't have kids, you should still be getting their new book called Sloth and Smell the Roses. It's this beautiful guide to mindfulness. And, and and much like all of their books, yes, they're for kids, but they're really for adults. They have really powerful messages as well. So head on over to hellolucky.com or give them a follow on social at Hello Lucky Cards and follow and see what they're up to because when people lead with joy, when they lead with creativity, when they lead for connection, great things happen. So again, huge thank you to Sabrina and you Moyle for all that they do in making this world a better place and bringing us all a little bit of joy. As always, this week's episode is sponsored by Littlefoot Coffee, the official sponsor of the Think Differently podcast. You can go over to littlefootcoffee.com, use promo code MARK M A R C, and you'll save ten percent off your order. They are a small batch coffee roaster just outside of Grand Rapids, Michigan, hand roasting hand packaging their coffee and bringing their idea to life. So support this amazing small business, head on over to littlefootcoffee.com and use promo code MarkMARC, M-A-R-C. And not only will you save a little bit of change, but you will help a small business grow. So as always from Chicago, Illinois, this is Mark Hans, inspiring you to think differently.